I'm thankful to be here with all the saints of God. We love the Tree of Life Church. All of us failures and stumbling and falling from time to time, but rejoice not against me, my enemies. For when I stumble and fall, I will arise. And I'm thankful to be in a church that loves, a church that forgives, a church that's dependent upon the mercy of God and His grace that's sufficient, His compassion that fails not. If you're not plugged into the Tree of Life Church, I just encourage you. We have men's prayer every Saturday morning at 9, ladies' prayer every other Tuesday, work days, ministries newcomers class get plugged in this is a church that loves people and we're glad that you're here if you're a guest tonight our pastor says you only come one time as a guest and then we claim you so we want you to be a amen I give honor to my wife today every time I step up here and hopefully it's not too frequently but I want to honor her her resolve her prayer and fasting, her consecration before the Lord and intercession for her husband. That's what has me up here today. And I honor our pastor. I had somebody at that, you know, as a father of four, there's just no man I'd rather lead, have leading me and my family to heaven. You know, we don't worship our pastor, we worship the Lord, but thankful to follow a man after God's heart. All those Christ, we're thankful for him. He preached general conference, and I was watching the live stream, and there were 18,000 in attendance and probably 10,000 online, and I saw the comments from an elder. It said, never seen such anointing delivered with such humility. And I was just thankful because that sums up our pastor. I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for his family. I'm starting to feel like a preacher from another organization. I won't be up here too long, but I do want to. I do want to. I do want to honor Pastor. I, I do want to honor Brother and Sister Enos, just in case I'm never up here again. For those of you that don't know, Brother Enos is a giant in the in the apostolic faith, a man that's mentored many. That's discipled many in Europe as a missionary. He's entertained angels. He's been used in wartime, used mightily of God. In heaven, many will point to him and say, that's the man that won Charles Robinette back to the Lord and put him on a path for a global harvest. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to Jake and Tommy and Sarah and Kenzie, Brother Enos, your greatest work was at our kitchen table in Loveland. I honor you for your faithfulness in teaching me home Bible studies. Guten Morgen. If you listen in the morning, they're over in Germany. <laughs> Maybe they'll listen in the evening, I'm not sure. But we love you, Brother Enos and Sister Enos. We're praying for you. Tonight I'm going to read from Philippians 3, starting at verse 3, several verses of Scripture. I thought it'd be funny if, as a joke if I put a magnifier up here for those guys that keep putting their glasses on. You know, them old preachers we've got coming up here these days. Pastor and Brother Tierney, you know. <laughs> we, we love the Pastor Tierney. 
Philippians 3 and 3, say amen if you're there. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus, having no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in his flesh, I should the more. I was circumcised the eighth day. I was of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is of the law, I'd be considered blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, but do count them as dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And I want to focus on verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And tonight I just want to focus on that verse 10, that I may know him and the fellowship of his suffering. Suffer with him. You put your Bibles down. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd be here with us tonight, Lord, that we'd leave changed. Lord, I pray that you'd take control of my mind, Lord, of my mouth, Lord. Let nothing of me come forth from this platform, Lord Jesus, but just your spirit, Lord. Bind any distraction, Lord. Bind any indifference or doubt, Lord. Lord, we pray that your spirit would move, Lord, that it would do its work in us tonight, Lord, that we might leave more profitable for your kingdom, Lord. We pray all these things in your name, and you say in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. Thank you for your faithfulness on a Wednesday night, dark, early, a lot of sickness around. But tonight I wanted to start out Wednesday by just defining a few words that we often use. The first word is sympathy. Sympathy is defined as the feeling of sorrow or pity for someone else's misfortune. You know, as a man, there's times of the month for my wife where I'm not going to experience what she's going through. And in those moments, the only thing I can offer is sympathy. And it might come out like a comment like, it's misfortunate for you, I'm sorry. That emotion is not helpful. Might even win an eye roll or a slap, depending on who you're married to. But they certainly don't carry any value to the one suffering. The second word is empathy. Empathy is defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. So ladies out there, you might understand those pains. You might know the cramping, the moods. You'd have empathy. Empathy is good. It helps us relate to others. But again, it's an emotion that's not profitable to the person that's suffering. Final word we're going to look at is compassion. 
Compassion is, des- is defined as the sympathetic consciousness of another's distress. But unlike empathy and sympathy, compassion is paired with an action that moves to help the person suffering. It creates action. A couple Sundays ago, Brother Snyder was on the platform and he talked about making those blankets for the homeless. It's from coming from a place of empathy where you know the coldness, you know the laying on the ground, you know the feelings of loneliness, but it goes beyond an empathy and into an action, and that's compassion. Brother Jamie, it's what takes you from, from a place of seeing and knowing the struggle of a man to then weeping between the porch and the altar for their need. It's going into action. It's compassion. Everyone say compassion. It's compassion. I'm thankful we serve a compassionate God. He looked out across his creation and throughout times as they had turned their back on him, he had to move to action. He had to send Moses to deliver his people. There were times, Psalm says, his compassion caused him to atone for their iniquities and count it not unto them. We serve a God who in the New Testament became flesh and dwelt among us. It's often one of the greatest lies or deceitful tales of an enemy that God would have sent another, that he might have sent his son to do a work. And I often thought to myself, and you see it in chat comments, you see it, you know, an atheist will say it to you, what kind of a God would send somebody else? You know, if a building's on fire, I'm not gonna take Jake and say, head on in there, buddy. I'm going to give my only son, my oldest son, you know, it, it, we don't serve that God. We serve the God who was manifest in the flesh that can be touched by the infirmities of us all. He knows what it feels like to be abandoned. He knows what it feels like to be betrayed. He knows what it feels like to be rejected and despised and bruised. We serve a compassionate God, one who moved. He was moved with compassion. We look in the scriptures, Matthew 9 and 36. It says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Walking in darkness, needing somebody to reconcile them. He was moved with compassion. Matthew 14 and 14, Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Compassion. He knew what it was like there. He had seen their struggles, the rejection, and he was moved with compassion to heal. Matthew 20 and 34, so Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight. It's the story of the two blind men. Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, have mercy on us. Lord, we've lived in darkness. We want to see. And Jesus was moved with compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately they received sight. Mark 1 and 41, and Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. I will be thou clean. Cleansing the leper. 
It was funny. He, he had a desire to cleanse the leper. You know, it was in the Levitical law what to do when you were cleansed, to take the two birds. And yet, it's cleansed of leprosy. And so here God is, and there's finally this leper who's crying out for healing, and a compassionate God who didn't just empathize but was willing to move, touches him and heals him, causes him to be clean. This moving of God, the miracles we see in the scripture when he says that he's moved with compassion, it's why our pastor teaches, you've heard him multiple times, he says when you feel the compassion of God, you're on the doorstep of a miracle. It's something within us that just moves when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. It moves beyond empathy and moves to a place where you want to do something. You want to see a change happen for someone. That's the compassion. Isaiah 49 and 13 said, Shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. He's a compassionate God. He hears when we call. Came to bind broken hearts. Set at liberty the bruised. Open the prison door. He's a compassionate God. But deeper in the word compassion is a revelation the Lord shared with me this summer. See, the word compassion is made up of two words, and I'm not going to, Pastor Urshan so eloquent in delivery, but it's calm and passion. It literally means to suffer with. To suffer with. It's what he wants us to know. It's what he wants all his creation to know. It's what he wept over Jerusalem for. He wanted them to be gathered. He wanted them to know that he's with them. If you guys were at the crusade this summer, raise your hand if you're at the crusade. It's wonderful, glorious. And I remember being on an extended fast and one just the sky was painted with so many colors. There was a nice breeze. The worship music was so anointed. And I looked over the hill to see their city filled with brokenness, goodness, filled with blindness. And I just started to weep. It was, you have to understand, <laughs> people that question whether this thing's real, I always tell them, listen, the greatest miracle is Mark Purdy loving somebody because it's not in my flesh. I, I'm not a people person. But when the Holy Ghost filled me, I, I just remember being here and seeing a husband and wife in the front being restored in their marriage. And it was just a blessing from the Lord that it was supernatural. It was a stony heart that had been replaced with a heart of flesh. And there's nobody that'll convince me that Ezekiel 37 isn't that some man wrote that because I've experienced it. But I looked over this hill and there was just this deep moving in my soul. The Hebrew word for compassion is, let me make sure Brother Johnson's not here. Is Brother Johnson here? Okay. He teaches, he studies Hebrew, so when I mess this up, I just want to make sure I'm in the clear. It's rakem. It's related to the womb. It's a love for a mother that she has for a child in her womb. It's like a deep love that's in your gut. And so I stand city. And I'm feeling that deep moving in my spirit. And I turn back to the platform. And there's men and women with their hands raised. 
you know, we weren't all in church clothes. You know, it wasn't all saved people. And I'm looking at men and women who are probably struggling with maybe addiction, maybe depression, maybe thoughts of suicide, maybe past hurts. And I see their hands raised. And it was a voice just so intimate. I want them to know that I suffer. I'm compassionate. It's what our world needs to know. Even in church, we don't go and just float on a glory cloud from the time we're filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized. Right? There's family problems. There's health issues. There's uncertainties. No, there's turmoil. There's chaos. We need to know that the Lord is there, that he wants to be with us, that he wants to fight our battles for us. And in that moment, I looked at these men and these women, and I just thought, Man, he's knocking at the door of their heart. And if they just let him enter in, be baptized in his name, and take those filthy garments and put on the clean, be filled with that spirit that comforts, that spirit that gives power to overcome sin. It was just such a moving suffer with, to suffer with. So as we look at what Paul's saying in Philippians, we see Paul and he's risen, and he's got a great pedigree, you know, great CV. All you business folks know what that means. I still don't. <laughs> That's why I work for myself. <laughs> but a pedigree that dwarfs ours. And he says, I, I count it all as dung. It's worthless to me. I can't accomplish anything if it's not the Spirit of God working in me. All I've done, all the times I was beaten in prison. You know, history says that every 30 minutes they had to change the guard that guarded Paul. Because they'd get in proximity to him. And he'd just say, listen, brother, I know the sufferings of this life. I know the family issues. I know, the, I know serving the Romans must be challenging. I know you've got a wife at home, and, and, and sometimes, you know, there, there, there's trouble, there's, there's disagreements. But let me tell you about a God who, who wants to, that wants to fill you, that wants to be in you, that wants to fight your battles for you and work all things together for your good. And man, every 38 minutes, they had to pull that brother out of there and just say, you're getting way too close. You're getting way too close. It was Marion. It was why he took the jailer and they didn't escape once the prison was shaken. That's why he wanted to go to Rome and see Caesar. It was, oh, if you knew Jesus, what he wants to bring you out of the darkness of this world. And the Lord's been dealing with me since summertime about his church. I heard it said one time, people to church looking for Jesus, and a lot of times they just find an empty tomb. We've got people coming that are broken, people coming with marriages that have been destroyed through different things, people that wickedness continually through their mind, shame of sin, condemnation. 
And when they come and find an empty tomb, there's no power. But they need to come and they need to see a risen Savior with nail-scarred hands, nail-scarred feet, a pierced side, a church that says, hey, listen, I, I, I went through these things. And it wasn't just so that I could get through them. But it was so that I could, one, understand what you're going through, but two, partner with you, suffer these things with you. Our testimonies are not for us to just declare on a testimony service, if we ever have one of those. It's so that we can take our healing, we can take the things the Lord's done for us, and we can apply them. We can help others. You know, when I came to the Tree of Life, <laughs> it was funny. I, I, I've told the story. I, I, I looked, and I, I looked around, and I said, you know, these people need something. I'm just not sure. about people willing to sacrifice these were the instructions these are the instructions for us the tree of life first Peter 3 and 8 finally be ye all of one mind having compassion one of another love as brethren be pitiful be courteous. Have you ever seen a prayer request come through? And you just stop and, and you ask the Lord, Lord, help me to understand. Have me pray. Because I want it to be effectual. And so if you consider... This is an exercise we can do right now. Consider the fact that there's a father at home right now. His wife's passed away. He's got his two toddlers in front of him. He's saying, Mommy's not coming home. That man needs the compassion of God. He needs to know that the Lord is there to suffer with him, that he's going to be his comfort and his strength. I consider these people we just don't know the struggles people are going through. And it'd be foolish to be filled with the Spirit of God that has a desire to move, that has a desire to heal, that has a desire to restore. And just so casually walk by circumstance and situation and not be moved to at least pray. And I say at least pray because it's probably the greatest weapon that we have, the greatest thing we could do. But give, give of your time, give of your talent, give of your finances. You know what I've noticed growing up? <laughs> growing up, I came in 29, I'm 40 now. You know what I've noticed in 11 years here at church? 
The people that give seem to always have more to give. Time, money, talent, counsel. The people that don't have it to give never seem to get enough of it to give. We're entering into a building. We have two buildings, Finneytown and Montgomery. Probably more coming. God's just speaking to me. <laughs> Saying, what, what, what did you sell out for? What did it take to get you off of serving me? Being my hands and feet. Going about your day with aspirations of financial security or worldly esteem. Man, there are so many hurting within the sound of I mean, a mile and a half radius here, brokenness, depression, anxiety, vanity. Tree of Life Church needs to be a compassionate church, an action church, a moving. Philippians 2 says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You know, I want to thank Brother Rubio in, in our Spanish church. You know, he sent me a picture the other night. It was, it was Genesis, who's probably 12 or 13, and another young lady laying carpet in our children's ministry. You know what it'd be like if we were all looking out for each other's needs? Brother, you wouldn't have to worry if you got laid off. Because you'd know the church was here with you. A compassionate body. You wouldn't have to worry about rejection. You wouldn't have to worry about forgiveness. And I love our pastor. Just, you're forgiven. He paid it all. John 1, 3 and 17. But whoso hath this world's good, and see his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? There it is, another convicting word. Musicians can come. I told Brother Roger, he said, if you don't strike oil in 20 minutes, you just stop digging. Well, I only prepare for like 15 to 25, so you don't have to worry about that. We make the kids make a promise every Sunday in children. It's that I will grow. And I joke with them. I said, you know, do we want everybody to have a belly like Brother Mark? You know, they all laugh. My wife thinks I'm extremely handsome. But what does it profit us to come to service and hear a great word and be fed every Sunday and Wednesday if nothing ever flows out of us? I went to a conference this week and, man, listen, 
if you have an issue, this altar, don't get up from it. I remember coming with so many issues, and I just, the Lord would baptize me, that fire would come down, and, and that issue was resolved in me. Come to the altar. <laughs> but don't let it, when you hit the door, you can still carry that out. And you can apply it. We got to grow each time that we're in his presence. If you all would stand with me.